Today's episode is brought to you by Zipcar. Earn $25 of free driving credit at joinzipcar.com slash usual. Zipcar is truly redefining the way people think about transportation. So give them a shot. Joinzipcar.com slash the usual and earn $25 of free driving credit. Thanks for listening. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Hello and welcome to Verse 3.2 of the <laughs> Universal Usual. This is the usual spinoff where we go where no other podcast has gone before as we explore the galaxies far, far away and the, in the shires over the dale. Uh, well, here we are again. <laughs> okay, so... First time in usual history, uh, I screwed up my job, and my job is when the intro is playing to look over to make sure we're recording. For the first time ever, I didn't because I was hung up on what we were about to do, and I, we got at least ten minutes into our show before we realized <sighs> we weren't recording. Yeah. So here we are. <laughs> so here we are. Um, but it's gonna be a great show, bro. It is it's going gonna to be, be a great, great show. And, it's um, gonna be a good time. So say this, and then I'll say something. All right. So this is usually an opportunity where we try to focus on more exotic beverages, where we pick each other's frostiness. But today, Marshall decided to uh, pull a yeah. fast one, and which is why we missed recording. And I was like, I was like, oh, we're gonna take a shot of Cabin, which we're gonna do again right now. And and it was terrible because I never looked over to see if we were recording. I think and, he purposely did this so we'd have to take another shot. Well, maybe. But then we also, we, we had some good stuff going. But we're going to do did. it again. So another shot of Captain. Cheers, dude. All right. Here we are. Getting ready for Comic-Con. Ten days out. We're going to say some stuff. And I... I usually have a backup, too. And that was... I, I hadn't been backing up because I've been pretty good about it. But it's okay. It's all right. So anyways... Um, you, you know, what we usually do with this podcast is we, you know, talk about the Berlantiverse, um, Marvel, DCCU, Fox, uh, Disney, and Smodco. Um, but we're going to start off a little bit differently. We talked about this in our main show, which yep. if you've listened to that, uh, please forgive us. But, um, this is kind of big news because it's the 75th anniversary of Captain America. And the, uh, the convention is going to be doing something cool. They're, uh, they're going to be unveiling a 13 foot tall bronze Captain America statue. Right. Uh, at Comic Con. Um, and, uh, as we said before, which you didn't hear. <laughs> which you never heard. <laughs> we think it'd be a great idea if once the convention solidifies where they're going to go, once they solidify their lease issues, um, if they were to do a statue garden of, yeah. of quintessential pop culture icons. Yeah. Uh, where you could do a Captain America 75th anniversary, or maybe on the, you know, 80th anniversary of Ralph Cramden from the Honeymooners, or yeah. you know, stuff like that. And 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 I'm with you, man. And and here's I want to I want to get back to what we had that we didn't record, um, because you really told a nice story. And what I want to put out there really quickly is, um, 75 years is kind of hard to wrap your mind around, and you and you started putting years to it, and the fact that we are still talking excuse me we are still talking about a character that um that started you know what world war ii era 1941 and is still with us to the point to where it's 2016 man it is and we're making and and there are movies and this is the time where you know something that you can kind of take or leave in 1942 or whatever and now here we are in 2016 and it's a huge deal it is, you know, and I was, what I was t- talking about was I was telling a story about my dad and how um, he's no longer with us. He passed away in 1999, the year that you and I met. Um, but uh, he was uh, he was older when I was born. He was born in 1932, so he was uh, so he was nine years old when when Captain America first came out. And he used to tell me stories about how he would go to uh, theater houses uh, like the Fremont in San Luis Obispo, which is also celebrating the 70th. I still can't anniversary. believe that because we saw episode two there, and that we was. Did. And you had reminded me that was the first time you had met my now wife, Kate. Yeah. Yeah. Which is insane. Very cool. Yeah. You you guys came down from Santa Cruz. That was when I met Kai the first time too. Wasn't it? No, you guys worked at Applebee's together before really? that. Really? Yeah. Okay. We'll cut that. <laughs> the looper number eight. <laughs> Are you, oh, that's right. No, I, had I met Allison before that? 
she also worked at Applebee's that summer. We who, all, did, who did I meet for the first time? It was just Kate? Uh, all three of us started, look, yeah, it was just Kate. Okay. That's because Kai, Allie, and I all started working at Applebee's that summer. Do they listen to the show? No. Okay, because I'll, I'll leave this in. It'll be hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to make sure they listen to this one. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Okay, go. <laughs> so, anyways, um, uh, so he would go to, to our, you know, big theater houses like, like the Fremont. Um, and actually he, when he was uh, about that age, he was living in Guadalupe, mm-hmm. uh, near Santa Maria. And so he would go to theater houses and they would have tables of comic books. And because it was, it was the depression. So you were, you know, you were poor and everything. You would go, you'd see a double feature, you'd have newsreels, comic, uh, you know, uh, cartoons and, uh, uh, cartoon shorts. And, uh, but what you do you say you bring three comic books, you throw three comic books on the table, you take three comic books home. That would never work today. Uh, no, cause everyone <laughs> would just steal them. Um, so it was, it was a, you know, uh, uh, just a fair trade sort of situation. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I never, you know, he would tell me these stories, but I would never ask him what comics he would read. Yeah. And, uh, so I was like, did he read Captain America? Did he read Superman? Did he read, you know, uh, uh, Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos? Right. Did do he you, read, uh, Doc Savage? Do you have any idea, like, um, do you have any idea what he would have been into, maybe? You know, I mean, if, if you're, you know, I mean, you know, like I said, when I met you, um, you know, I was there for you when your dad passed. Right. And, and so one of the things was, uh, that I think is interesting. You obviously knew him and, and that affected you in, in, a, in a, obviously a massive way. But if you were your dad and what you know of him looking at a table of comics, what do you think he'd be into? I'm curious. That's a really, you know, I've never considered that, but my dad was always a sap for love stories. Very okay. similar to what I mean. Yeah, you love dad, your rom-coms. <laughs> I do. But uh, not only that, I mean, my dad was, uh, um, he was also big into history and everything. I mean, I, I just remember when I was a kid, he taught me passages from uh, Gunga Din from oh, wow. Kipling. And okay. Seriously, I still remember going through supermarket checkout lines. <laughs> and he, he would ask me to re, re uh, to just spout off verses from Gunga Din oh, to the funny. supermarket checker. Who couldn't give a fuck? I'm sure they love that. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> and it's just my dad was hilarious that way. Um, but he also he loved animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to watch uh, 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 Mutual Lama's Wild Kingdom all the time. Yeah, yeah. Jack Hanna's animals. Um, but you know, honestly, I could totally see him maybe reaching for a Superman. Um, yeah. He definitely wouldn't go after villains. Yeah. So like, he wouldn't be going after. Uh, oh, That's- you know what? He would totally go after like the shadow. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, stuff like that. Stuff, a shadow Tarzan. Um, probably Captain America because he did love America. Yeah. Um, but he, I still remember he loved, uh, radio shows because he grew up in yeah. the thirties with radio shows and he would always like, I still remember him saying, what evil dwells in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. And That's he would, amazing. seriously, and he would talk about, you know, you know, watching this or Oval Team Theater or right, right. You know, all this stuff. So yeah, I couldn't imagine living in a time like that, man. Where it's like you're sitting at the radio, you're waiting for your show to come on, and 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 you're and it's like voice acting before it was what it is now. You know what I mean? And it's these guys. They're sitting there and they're, and and they're they're telling a story, and it's it's a visual comic, and it's like, but there's no DVR. There's no. I'll stream it later. It's it's right then, right there. Um, that's that's and insane. You know, it's, you know, this is totally a tangent. This is actually more of a conversation for one shot, but this is a, a, a great discussion. So my actual, my first interaction with comics came from my mom. Interesting. Because um, it's so funny. My mom had this great collection. And I, every time, I, I don't know if you noticed, but every time we go to a convention, I try to find old issues of this comic. To, because, oh, yeah. Uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, True Ghost Stories. Or 12 o'clock, The Witching Hour. You've been working on that for years. <laughs> I have. And it's just so frustrating because somehow in the years, my mom's collection got lost. Yeah. And so I try to replace them. And so I've been kind of trying to collect them. And they're usually just hard to find. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I have them all digitally. Well, they're rare. and they But are. you want them, you want to, you know, fill that out for yeah. sure. Yeah. And there's just, I mean, because I remember being you know, 10, 11 years old and sneaking copies from my mom's dresser to read them in, in the middle of the night. And I would just scare myself <laughs> poopless. Um, you know, reading with yeah. covers over my head with a flashlight because oh, I'm, that's funny. not because I'm afraid to get caught because if, seriously, if we were reading, my mom honestly yeah. didn't care, but I would be scared. Yeah. 
And it's like so we gotta find him, man. I mean, we've we've looked every year, and and you know, and listeners, you can help. Yeah, I found a I found a <laughs> copy of I think issue four. Okay, last year, and actually, you know the the guy from Mile High Comics that was in Comic Con four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the ponytail. Yeah, the I ponytail guy. Oh, okay. He happened because he usually brings a few, and uh, I bought I think issue four for like fifteen bucks. Yeah. Now I'm actually going with a little bit more cash, so if I do find an issue one for like under fifty bucks, yeah, I you might, might you might, I might do. Drop it. Some drop some coin on it well and i think the crux of this conversation and i and i love that we tangented it absolutely immediately which is whenever like i said in the one that you'll never hear <laughs> um anytime you host a show we tangent crazily and i think it's just me like hey i want to talk to my buddy and i'm like i forget that i'm not running the show which is fine and so we can go anywhere <laughs> we want um and so I, i'm glad that we talked about this i'm I really love you and i miss I you know, <laughs> it's like what <laughs> what are we doing um so i love i love the fact that it's 75 years later and geek culture is what it is and and this freaking statue is going to be there and we're going to wait in line if we have to and take a picture oh, yeah. with it and what i love most is it's and it'll be on back, our instagram back and, to brooklyn yeah and and i think that's awesome and and you're a history buff um your dad obviously was into history um and lived through a, a part of history that um my dad fought in korea which again i, I can't even wrap my mind around stuff i like just that. learned something this year about my yeah. dad that i didn't know and i actually got this from my brother um, this actually ties my dad's war experience in with pop culture. Okay. Um, my dad, uh, fought in Korea, right? And it's actually a great story because the, the draft is still going on in Korea. Yeah. A lot of people forget that, you know, you had the draft in World War II and you had the draft in Vietnam, but a lot of people forget that the draft was still ongoing. Right. In Korea. So my dad was too young for Viet, for, for World War II. Um, cause, uh, 1945, he was 13 years old. Yeah. Um, but once Korea came around, he was 18. And, uh, he was like, okay, well, I'm going to get drafted. Right. And I could either, uh, you know, get drafted into the army and sleep in a foxhole, <laughs> or I can join the Navy and get three square meals a day in a hot bunk. Okay. And so he joined the Navy and, <laughs> in uh, the Navy. and I don't know why I'm thinking about that. Continue. <laughs> so he joined the Navy and while he was a, at, uh, a boot camp for the Navy, he got his draft notice. My grandmother got the draft notice for the army. Oh and my so God. He was what? Like, yeah. So it was a good thing. He joined the Navy. Um, so he got uh, stationed. He was living in California. He got stationed out of, uh, uh, Camp Pendleton, um, out of San Diego. Uh, sorry, not Camp Pendleton, but out of, uh, San Diego, um, on the USS Barocco. Okay. Which was a, a, a CV, uh, uh, aircraft carrier. And he was a market storekeeper second class. Um, so he helped with provisions and yeah, stuff like that. Totally. He was under the quartermaster. Yeah. Also. So anyways, um, but he was based out of, uh, San Diego, but they went to, uh, Tokyo is where they're mostly based out of, out of Korea. But the cool thing is, is the USS Morocco is famous because, um, it was an aircraft carrier that was, uh, home of the actual squadron of the Ba Ba Black Sheep show. What? So if you, if you know anything about World War II, uh, pop culture shows. Uh, it was a show that was on the air and I want to say the sixties and seventies. It was called Baba Black Sheep. And it was okay. about a it was about a naval air squadron. Well in real life it's based on a on an actual air squadron. And sure. that squadron was based on the USS Baruch. Oh what a trip. Was. <laughs> so it was kind of a cool little connection. Yeah that's cool man. To uh, to that. Alright. Well I mean again Obviously, Captain America is, is a huge part of pop culture now. Absolutely. I mean, it always has been, but... Um, I mean, there's a reason why, I mean, after the uh, introduction of Iron Man and the yeah. rebirth and the birth of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, sure. there's a reason why they chose Captain America as the first Avenger to really do a solo movie on after they designated the Avengers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, see? Told you it's better the second time. <laughs> it really was. Better the second time. All but right. So obviously we, the name of the show. Continue. So we are now <laughs> on to the Berlantiverse. Yep. And uh we actually were telling a cool little story about John Barrowman. But anyways, John Barrowman, um, who plays Malcolm Merlin. The so for for the next five minutes, you're gonna hear, well, we did say this, and then we <laughs> and then now we're saying this. <laughs> we're probably not gonna go so deep into this one. No, it's fine. But uh John Berman plays Malcolm Merlin, yep. the Dark Archer on Arrow. If you don't um, love him, you're an idiot. Exactly. But he also played Captain Jack in the Doctor Who Universe. The right. Face of Bow or Face of Bow. Yeah, yeah. And um he's brilliant. So good. So good. Um and actually one of my favorite Comic Con experiences is where I went to the Berman panel a few excuse me, a few years ago when he was uh launching his one of his uh 
biographies. You know what's funny about that? And now that we are on our second take, I realized the reason I didn't go is because I wasn't really aware of him. Like I no. didn't, I didn't, I, w- I hadn't been watching Doctor Who yet. Nope. I, I, um, Arrow wasn't a thing. Nope. And so I was like, the only thing, John I think, Barrow, man. I, I, yeah, I think he what was, was he doing on, at the time? I think he was on Supernatural. Maybe that was it. But he, uh, but he, he wasn't even there for Supernatural. He was there because he was promoting a book that he had written with his sister. Okay. So, and so for me, I'm like, I don't want to see John Barrowman. And now I'm like, God, I didn't see John Barrowman. <laughs> and it was flipping awesome because yeah. he is, uh, if you didn't know, he's, he's, he's gay. Yeah. And so his husband was there. His sister, who's his writing partner, was there. And all three of them were on stage. Oh, that's amazing. And the thing is, he's, uh, uh, he speaks with an American accent. And yeah. He plays an American in almost everything he does. Right. But he's actually he he's Welsh, and he grew oh, up he in really? England. Okay. For a lot, but so the thing is, but he's one of the few people that not only can he actually do these accents, right? Which like you can hear yeah, people yeah. do accents. But he was actually saying there's like a switch in the back of his head, and so he was like doing it, and like I have it on video somewhere, and I should actually post it to our Facebook page. Um, but it's it's from this panel. Yeah. And like in the same sentence, he's going in and out of these accents, like he's wow. flipping a switch. That's insane. And it's like, man. it's like he's not even thinking about but it. But it's and that's and that's the funny thing is we were talking about voice actors in our main show too, and um, someone like Tara Strong is is yes. brilliant that way, where she can be talking in her Powerpuff Girl, you know, uh, uh, as Bubbles, and then she switches to, um, you know, Fairly Odd Parents. Then she switches to, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, what you call it, you know, My Little Pony. You know, right. she just, she did I mean, that right? Y- no, she, no, who did she do? Did she do Vet? She might have done Vet. I think she might have been Vet. Yeah, um, I can't remember, but anyway, she just pops from. I mean, yeah, and it's so seamless. These people are so talented. It, know, it's right? amazing how their brains work this way, you know? It's insane. Um, so, anyways, anyway. so the big news with John Berriman is... Uh, yeah, uh, we haven't even got there yet. He's promoted a series <laughs> regular on all of the Berlantiverse shows, except yeah. for Supergirl. But um, he's so he's promoted a series regular on Arrow, Flash, and League of Tomorrow, or Legend. Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, and I'm really curious about what it's really going to mean for Legends of Tomorrow. You know, and, and you know, in our past selves, uh, in our past recording, we I, I conjectured a little bit, and I just think um, because they time jump, um, they could go back to a time where maybe he was, uh, you know, uh, in the League of Assassins or, or um, where, I mean... The thing about him, the thing about John Barrowman's character in, you know, the thing about Malcolm Merlin, and he's so convoluted, and he he was so part of all of these instrumental events. If right. they need to jump back and deal with him, maybe um, when he was trying to bring down the Glades, or right. when he, you know, is trying to get, uh, what is it, Genesis going, or wherever, uh-huh. you know, wherever he was, um, I mean, it'd, it'd be kind of cool. To see what what he is in that, but I imagine it'll be something completely different. I would I would think it would be awesome if he was, if he was actually pulled in to be part of the team. Mm, better, <laughs> I, I think that would be awesome. Myself. Yeah, it'd be even better. Um, we talked a couple uh, on our last uh, verse show about how uh, the CW was working with Netflix to try to get a, a, a long term deal uh, with the the Berlanti shows, and it's now been uh, agreed upon. So there's a new deal, so it's going to be on Netflix. So we're looking at two weeks after. No more than two weeks after the end of a season, uh, the end of a season, the entire season yeah, will be up. On you'll Netflix. get it all up on Netflix, which which makes it uh, bingeable. If yeah, you, it's not it's not going to be like Hulu where it's up the same week of right. an episode. It's at the end of the season, you know. And honestly, what they might do is it if it could be the end of the season, or if they do it because they do do a, a big hiatus in between. They do uh, if after like the 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 midwinter hiatus they did. Those shows up, and so they did like season three point one. Oh, that'd be and cool. Season three point two. Yeah, we'll see. Something like that. All right, uh, where are we at? Uh, Flashpoint. Okay, so we found out at the end of Flash last season um, that Flashpoint was happening. Right, this is where um, Barry Allen went back to the past and saved his mother after his father has died. Spoilers, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, this is our universe show. It's spoilers. Yeah. You know um, it by now. So anyway, so the Flashpoint. How is this going to impact all of Berlantiverse? Because it does. I mean, the it Flash the Flashpoint was a major all of DC sort of storyline because um and actually it came up it was a major thing with the with the new 52. Right. Um and that's how all the storylines or how all the timelines got changed is because you don't realize how powerful the Flash is, but the fact that he can time travel changes 
everything. No, it does. And once you put time travel into um, a time or oh, timeline or or a show, you you can mess with that a little bit. And because they have these uh, moments where the Flash is an arrow and the arrow is in Flash, and and you know DC obviously Legends of Tomorrow is 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 a uh, is a product of those two shows as well. Um, you're gonna get. All of the flashpoint is going to affect it. And some of the, one of the other stories I had in here too was exactly that. It's, it's going to affect the arrow in a major way. Right. Exactly. Which is good. Um, yeah. And actually we have that coming up here too. Right. Um, this just uh, overall, it's going to be impacting the Brownlee universe, but the only one that's come out, uh, I mean, it's obviously going to impact the flash huge. Yeah. Um, but it's in uh, arrow. It's specifically said it's going to be impacting it, uh, very, very, um, majorly. So what is the title of the first episode of season five of arrow? Legacy. Legacy can yep. mean a whole bunch of things. It can mean anything. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from it, but I mean, yeah, it, it's called Legacy. Right. We're gonna get some names, and I don't want to. I don't want to project too much, but we'll see. No. Um, also, uh, one of my favorite characters from this season of Arrow is um, the actor's name is Echo Kellum. Right. Okay, and he is he plays. Curtis Holt oh, on yeah. the show. He, he's basically the Cisco in Arrow. Indeed. Um, he's Felicity's assistant or research uh, lead at um, Palmer. Palmer Tech. Exactly. Um, which is great. And I love this character. Um, he brings the humor that they need, I think, in yeah, this last was, season. He was officially pulled into the Arrow group uh, at the end of last season. Yep. Um, he's super good. Uh, and so. The actor is great. Yeah, he's really good. And so. What I'm interested in, because, but I'm not familiar because we might muddle our way through the DC universe right now. Um, but he's hoping to get a Mr. Terrific costume. Yeah, I had no idea that he had an alter uh, identity. And I didn't either. <laughs> so he says, um, let's see, where's my costume? Guggenheim, if you're listening or reading, whatever, where's my costume? No, I definitely don't want to suit up really bad. No, he says, no, I definitely want to suit up really bad, but I understand, uh, it's an arc. You've got to build up to it, but I definitely hope, and I believe hopefully within this season, we should see Curtis Holt get there in some capacity. So I'm really looking forward to all this happening. Um, I'm not familiar with uh, Mr. Terrific at all. No, and actually, you know. And, and again, this is our ignorance with yeah, the DC. And, and this is actually him uh, when he's talking about the, the long arc of, of these sort of stories. Um, you know, what was it uh, last season or season and a half ago? Um, Felicity got the nickname Overwatch. Right. Has she suited up yet? No. no. And there was rumor that she might be Oracle, which didn't right. come to fruition. But Overwatch is cool. Um, but yeah, she doesn't have an out. She doesn't have an outfit. But it'd be cool if she suited up. I like when people suit up. Yeah. I'm imagining what her outfit's going right. to be now. <laughs> okay, moving on. So he will be. So Curtis is going to be more like Cisco um, in the next season. Right. So which I'm I'm excited about. That's the next article. Cisco is awesome. And Cisco is is my favorite character on uh, on Flash, which is good. Um, um, so Diggle uh, <laughs> will be getting a new mask in the premiere Legacy. Really? Yeah, and it's going to be made by Cisco. That's awesome. Does it does it say what it's going to be about? Uh, I did not read that heavily into it because no, I don't. Okay. I just want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I, I, let's not dive into it, but I, I love the fact that um, I love Spartan and I love what they're doing with the character. It's great. Um, and Diggle is one of those very, you know, uh, uh, complex characters. Right. Um, but his mask needs a little something, something. Yeah, so and it, Cisco's very, the one to yeah, do it for exactly. sure. All right. So Cody Rhodes. So uh, Stephen Amell announces Cody Rhodes will appear on Arrow season five. And I, I saw this article. I don't know who Cody Rhodes is. Neither do I. Um, and so back when, let's see. So Cody Rhodes is a professional res- professional wrestler who is best known for wrestling under the name Stardust in WWE. However, Rhodes asked for and was granted his release from WWE May of this year. So back when Cody Rhodes was known as Stardust, his supervillain shtick attracted the attention of Stephen Amell. The star of CW's Arrow. The two fought in a highly publicized WWE bout in SummerSlam last year. I remember that. With a Mel coming out ahead. Of course. This season, the tables will turn as the now retired from WWE Rhodes heads to Arrow in an as of yet undisclosed role. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even know that happened. Yeah, well, Stephen Amell is, is a big fan of wrestling. Oh, that's amazing. So, um, yeah, so I, I'm excited. And uh, Carly Pope uh, has been cast on Arrow uh, for season five, but the exciting thing is that they finally released who she's going to be playing. She's oh, going to be playing it? Susan Williams. I don't know who that is. 
She's an existing uh, existing DC character. Okay. But her sister, her brother-in-law is Hal Jordan. Who is? Green Lantern. Oh, got it. Oh, that's because cool. Susan Williams is very much like a, uh, a Lana Lane type character. Okay. She's a, well, not a Lana, sorry, Lois Lane type character. Yeah. She's a, a reporter. And so evidently she's coming from, um, yeah, so she's from Coast City. Okay. Sorry. Coast City. Oh, they mention Coast City sometimes in They Arrow. do. Yeah. And uh, Coast City is where the Green Lantern's from. And so she's coming to Star City to get the scoop on Arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, she's married to Hal Jordan's younger brother. Cool. So this might be a way that they're going to be introducing Green Lantern, maybe Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, that'll be sick, dude. Well, you know, because they can go straight Green Lantern because Green Lantern Corps is what the DC Cinematic Universe is looking at. Oh, right, right, So right. they could... Might bridge the gap. Exactly. All right, That'd cool. be kind of cool. Yeah. Um. I'm almost getting sick of the will they or won't they of Oliver and Felicity. Uh, this is so CW. And I think this is part of the problem. And this is going to be those moments where one of those moments in this show where we talk kind of candidly about what we don't like about the show. Um, honestly, dude, like I know I listen to a lot of podcasts and geek podcasts, and people who watch these shows and people are getting sick and tired of Arrow and they're very upset with Arrow. And part of it, I think, is the CW-ness of it. And the fact that uh, I don't care right now. Like, I'm, 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 I'd rather see what's going okay. on with the city True. rather I than mean, Oliver okay. and I Felicity d- being together or not. I do like Sorry, them better. No, it's okay. I do like them better when they're together. Yeah. But I don't like them doing the drama of them, will they or won't they? Yeah. As plot points. Right. It can be secondary. But it's impacting the story where it shouldn't be. And it slows it down. And it's totally like, slows and it's it like, down. oh, or now I'm mad at you, but I think you, you know, I'm just like, oh, no. I just don't, I, I get, and, and I think this is part of the issue for me is that I get that if you have a superhero, you have the issue, like in Flash, you have the issue of like, that's going to get in the way. But at some point, they embrace the fact they're going to be together, right? And I feel like Felicity found a really lame reason to be upset with Oliver. Yeah, like, I, I think the Flash does it right. Yeah. Where he's either involved with a tangential character who leaves after a few episodes. Right. Or it is the main Iris West storyline, which is what it is in the, the comics. Exactly. But with this whole thing, um, you know, uh, I loved... And, and this was, people got upset with season three when they went to, um, you know, Nana Parbat and did all that right. whole thing. Um, but I actually liked that part. I like that part. But when they came back and they did the, the, the suburb thing and they did all that and then they came back to the city, that was fine. And then it's like, you didn't tell me you had a baby. It's like, well, did you hear the reasons why he said it? Yeah. And it's like, no normal human in a relationship that went through all that stuff would be that upset about that. They would be more understanding about the repercussions of if he had told you. Exactly. So that kind of, I think that was what I'm not super stoked about as far as that show goes. Yeah. So but, I have a question. Do they call them Elicity or Felicifer? Uh, I think it's Elicity. <laughs> I just had to ask. It had, it had to be CW about it. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, personally, uh, I would rather them just make a choice to be together or not and never go back to it. Yeah, and actually, I'm. This is basically talking about uh, what is the importance of shorter, long term relationships right. in these type of shows. And I'm actually right. gonna. It's it's actually I'm kind of glad we're bringing this up because I'm actually gonna talk about this a little bit more once we get to Legends of Tomorrow. Okay, cool. Um, Kevin Smith, who is seems to be going all ham into the Berlanti verse. Yeah, he's really trying to get on Arrow too. I think he is, right and now. they all want. They just need to start working out contract. Yeah, that's good. Um, but he, you know, because he did write a great uh, run of Arrow. What ten years ago? Yeah, he did a Green Arrow comic. Um, he introduced uh, Onomatopoeia. Onomatopoeia. And... So now he's saying how the Onomatopoeia would work right. in the universe. Right, so right. he's really just keeping a foothold in the universe. I mean, exactly. We already know that he's, we'll get to Flash in a second. But um, last thing about Arrow, uh, Tyler Ritter, who's John Ritter's son, okay, um, is now part of the SCPD. So he'll be uh, uh, joining the Boys in Blue. He'll be part of the Star City Police Department. Sweet. So speaking of Kevin Smith... He is going to be directing episode seven, season three of The Flash, which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, he already did one episode last season. He'll be doing more. Yeah. He's going to be doing at least that one. And if the rumors are true, he may end up in Arrow as well. Makes total sense. Yep. 
Um, one thing I'm really excited about is Tom Felton, who played Draco Malfoy in the Harry Potter yeah, films, like has been guy. added to Flash for season three. Ooh, does it say what he's going to play? It doesn't say what he's going to play right, yet. Right. Um, but you know, what I love is, you know, of all the people from the Harry Potter universe, you know, he's doing like a, a low key thing, and, but he's still seeing a major role, major yeah. movies, because he had a part in, um, Rise of Planet of the Apes. Right, right. Yeah, he's the the one that actually said, "Get your sneaking paws off me" or something That's like that. Fine. He had a, one of the iconic lines. <laughs> um, but also, Jesse Quick will be uh, confirmed to return for Flash season three because she took off for Earth two at the end of. Yeah, season, I like that character. Season two, and I do love her, and I really want her and Wally West to get together. Can they also get their powers? I know, right? They've I, already, I mean, seriously, they've already been struck by the the hypermatter <laughs> or whatever. And it's like, all right, are you going to be fast? Are you going to do your things? I know, or, right? Or, no, apparently not. At least not yet. Um, um, all right. Two, uh, well, three things from Legends of Tomorrow. Two I'm really excited about. One I didn't read yet. <laughs> this one I read. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about this one. Albert Einstein <laughs> is going to be featured in season two. Which is cool because, you know, when they're bouncing around in time, I love when they meet up with, uh, uh, you know, iconic, you know, geniuses or, yeah, or well, especially when it has to do with the science. Yeah, they met up with uh, Edison. Right, right. So um, they will cross paths circa 1942, Albert Einstein. They're delusioned to discover that the legendary scientist is snarky. A uh, brusque skirt chaser. <laughs> and needless to say, he proves to be quite a handful when they attempt to save his life. So that sounds amazing. Awesome. I can't really wait to see who they cast for him. Yeah, it's going to be great. All right. Um, the other thing I'm, I'm excited about is Sarah might get a new girlfriend. Now, Good. this is where I'm going to talk about relationships again. Okay. This is also where I think we're, we're getting too much of a double standard in, in modern media overall. Okay. Is same-sex relationships, especially on primetime. I'm going to say daytime is a different beast because daytime deals with social issues decades before anyone else. Yeah. Um, and this is actually a part of my historical interpretation of pop culture. Um, I mean, we had Roe v. Wade happen in the early seventies. Abortion was dealt with on, uh, um, on daytime television 10 years earlier, you know, and so this is 15 years before soap even dealt with Billy Crystal being a, an out gay man. And you know what I mean? So it's like, it's it's really interesting how primetime is late to the party on social issues, right? So right. that's that's a whole other issue. But what I think is still a problem is they tend to give same-sex relationships short shrift, if you know what I mean. It's like because she had that that semi relationship with the 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 nurse in season one. Granted, they are time jumpers, so I do understand it. But I really like that relationship. So did I. I want it to be with somebody that's in her same time stream. So now somebody that she meets, I want it to be either somebody in the crew or somebody in her life. Yeah, that'd be cool. So it's a long-term, so either someone on the crew that they can have a long-term situation or somebody in her life that's back home that she has to go back to. I'm with you, man. Because I think it's too much that we can't let same-sex relationships foster long-term relationships as well for some reason they can't be i want it to be a long-term yeah no i'm i'm absolutely with you i think i i i, I very yeah no i haven't thought about it that way but I'm, I'm with you for sure um because and honestly i mean my sister's gay right and so one thing that she and she does not watch she's totally not into superhero stuff so she right. doesn't even watch this even if i told her about it, she probably wouldn't watch it even because of the the, the whole gay aspect but you know, it's just like anybody else. And you, I, mean, you, I mean, you can talk about it with the racial aspects is you want to see yourself Absolutely. up on screen. But you want to see yourself on screen. Portrayed. That's not cliche. All that's right. not, um, you know, living up to some uh, a stereotype or something. Right. right. Where, I mean, and that's what I mean, because you are not the stereotype. You are right. not a cliche. That's what I'm saying. You want to see yourself mirrored up right. on screen. And so. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, yeah. And, you know, I have a lot of gay friends, um, you know, and family. And, and I think what's interesting about this is you're right. I mean, they're not geeks, but if they were to watch shows like this, they wouldn't see themselves. And even if they were to watch, you know, uh, um, you know, these characters, you know, and, and I love, I, I love Sarah's character, you know, and, but you know, on the other hand, she's also the one that's promiscuous. So, you know what I mean? It's like. And, and you there's, can't have it that way. Right. And there's this, there's that, uh, relationship building with her and, um, well, he's dead now. Spoilers. But, um, Captain Cold. Oh. Yeah. yeah. There was that whole, there was that little, like, relationship building between them. I don't think it was ever going to get 
there, but at the be, same it time... It would never be romantic. No, no, it wouldn't be, but at the same time, of course she has this connection with this guy. With like, guy, you, know, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and, and I always found that interesting, and I could see him being like, well, maybe, you know, and I, I just... For her, you knew it was never about that, but it wasn't exactly. portrayed that way on screen. Right, exactly. So, anyway, moving on. Um, it's just funny. It's two guys talking about it. It's, 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 yeah, it's yeah. frustrating. Yeah. All right. Um, so, now we're on to Supergirl. Uh, or actually, f- sorry, you go back to Legends tomorrow really quick. Mark Guggenheim uh, has revealed what the team mission is for season two. I did not open this article because I, I honestly don't want to know what the, the main storyline is. But if you're more interested in spoilers about content, you can follow the the uh, the link in the show notes. Yeah, so we're on to Supergirl, and just as uh, they revealed what the season five premiere for Arrow is going to be called Legacy, the season two premiere Supergirl is going to be named. <laughs> what is it called? The Adventures of The Adventures of Supergirl. Uh, I honestly think that's it. It says that, of course, is also the name of a digital first comic book from DC that features an expanded version of the TV Supergirl universe. It is because okay, you know how uh, you know we watch Arrow, and they actually have the the Arrow comic, the digital edition of the Arrow comic. They also have the Dark Archer, which I tried to get you to start reading, right? Which is based on Malcolm Merlin. The ongoing Adventures of Supergirl right now is the so they are hopefully maybe they can be tying the storyline in together. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, Adventures of Supergirl. Awesome. Boom. Cool. Um, and this one, this gives me a whole bunch of joy. This is cool. Um, Constantine, the entire first season, is now available on CW Seed, which is their streaming service. Um, and I'm very excited about this. Um, also, the fact that they're going to be airing the first season of Supergirl on CW. Oh, they're going to do that, too? Yes. Okay, good. So, I'm excited about this for a number of reasons. But most importantly is if they're putting it on seating, they're going to be garnering... Um, viewing numbers. Yeah, so you'll for see sure. How popular it is among the CW audience. Um, because if you remember, Constantine aired on NBC. So you can't really, it's apples and oranges going from a different, uh, viewership base. Right. So if they air Constantine on CWC to see how the CW viewership goes, who knows? They might bring it back. Indeed. I hope so because I love the character. Me too. Today's episode of The Usual is brought to you by LootCrate.com. LootCrate is a monthly mystery crate that delivers the best in geek and gaming gear, from collectibles, apparel, tech gadgets, art, and other epic gear. It's like Comic-Con in a box, and everybody loves Comic-Con. So, for you, listeners of The Usual, you can get 10% off any new subscription at LootCrate.com. Enter the promo code BRIDGE10 to save 10%. So again, you can go to TryLootCrate.com slash The Usual and save 10% on your new subscription. That and enter bridge 10 to save 10%. Thanks for listening. All right, so let's get to MCU. Yes, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we So there's some stuff um a couple of videos. One is from C- Chris Hemsworth, the other one's from Samuel Jackson. Um I haven't watched them yet, but one is uh Chris Hemsworth it shares a video from the Thor Ragnarok set because they've officially started filming. Indeed. And Samuel Jackson um although he was talking about Tarzan uh, talked about how he tried to be ca- in Captain America Civil War. And I don't know if this is worth watching, but it might be. Let's see. So. It's so cool. The whole upshot is, is that Nick Fury, that Samuel Jackson wanted to be in Captain America, but that it really wouldn't have fit. Because honestly, it would have been like having to pick among kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love Samuel Jackson. Oh, he's awesome. <laughs> and, and what I always appreciate about him is, He's talking to some guy about, you know, from comicbook.com. He's probably never been to comicbook.com. And he's like, so what's going on over there? How you doing? What are you reading? What, what are you reading? What's happening? <laughs> um, you know what I love about Samuel Jackson, too, is like, um, you know, there are certain things you don't mess with, right? Like, if you get cast in a Star Wars movie, you don't ask for a specific color lightsaber. But he does. Samuel Jackson's like, so... Can I have purple? I'm going to have purple, right? And they're like... Well, uh, yes, Mr. Jackson. Yeah. So George looks like, well, not normally, but okay. But sounds good. And then, uh, you know, he's, uh, um, I still love the fact that, uh, Snake's on a Plane. Oh, I love right? Snake's on a Plane. It's such a horribly bad, good movie. So bad. Anyways, but it's so funny because, um, you know, we talk about what the, uh, the shooting foot titles are, right? Like yeah, yeah. Blue Harvest was the, Star Wars. For episode four, yeah. Yeah, episode four. Well, they, that was, it was actually called Snakes on a Plane was just the shooting thing. It was like, cause that's what it was. It's about Snakes on a Plane. But 
And Samuel they Jackson name said, it that? Well, Samuel Jackson said the whole reason I took the script was because I thought that was the name. <laughs> He's like, it's a horrible thing, but it's like, I love the title. It's like, it, it's great. Oh, that's and awesome. so they kept it as Snakes on a Plane for that's, that title. That's amazing. Uh, Hugh Jackson, the Wolverine movie, is going to be scored by Cliff Martinez. I don't know who Cliff Martinez is. Do you? I do not. Open it up and we'll see what else he's done. He has done uh, Martinez Lays Projects, The Neon Demon, uh, War Dogs, Foreigner, nothing that I care about. So we will cut. Oh, War Dogs. I really actually, I really want to see War Dogs. I have a trailer for War Dogs uh, in the upcoming Real Reviews. Oh, and The Foreigner, which stars uh, Pierce Brosnan and Jackie Chan. Uh, Directed by Martin Campbell, who did uh, Goldeneye. Cool. So, Cliff Martinez, you're all right. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm I'm not mad at you now. No, not mad at you. Okay. All right. So... Uh, You like this. Yeah, so last week Anna Kendrick came out and said if she could play any Marvel character, she would love to play Squirrel Girl. Who we all love. We all love the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Um, She's one of my favorite characters in in, um, Marvel Puzzle Quest. She is, and she's great. Pretty cool powers. It's awesome because she's one of the few people that have beaten Thanos and... Uh, uh, Galactus, I think she beat, uh, she's beaten like incredibly powerful people. Right. Um, with her score powers. Uh, but it's, which is important. Yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> um, but the thing is, of course, the, the internet has taken this totally to heart and there's a great, great really fan made image yeah. of Anna Kendrick of what she could look like as Squirrel Girl. I've already posted it on, on Pinterest a few days ago. It's good for you. Take a look. It's honestly, I am, I'm already in love with Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Nah, I'm in love with Squirrel Girl. Yeah, we're going to move on. Uh, so Frank Grillo teases more crossbones after Captain America's Civil War. Yeah, and this could be big because we all thought yeah. he, he went over the Rainbow Bridge. Well, you know, you know how comics work. <laughs> of course not. not <laughs> nobody ever dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I would love to see more crossbones. Yeah, because honestly. he was, uh, when we learned that he was going to be in Captain America Civil War, I was hoping he was going to be part of the battle and he ended up being just. Yeah, I was hoping it would was, be a little more a, than... He was a MacGuffin. Yeah, it was like, in the beginning, okay, you're dead. All right, let's move on. Um, all right, cool. So, uh, Thor Ragnarok has started filming as well. Right. And the sets are being built on the Gold Coast. Glenn Close. Glenn Coast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Glenn Close will be returning to Guardians of the Galaxy 2 as Nova Prime. She was so cool in that movie, dude. She was. She was great. Um, um, also, James Gunn is teasing that he'll be bringing footage of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 to San Diego Comic-Con. Which is going to be great. And um, there was this, I saw this too. Justin, uh, how do you say that? Cookselane? Uh, yeah. He, the He's teasing the Sentry. Yes. And I, the only reason I know Sentry it's is from, from Marvel, Marvel Puzzle, Puzzle Quest. Marvel Quest. And he's like that character who's got the, we've talked about it before, the sweeping hair over the front. But he's like... Always very sacrificial. Like, all his powers are like, I'm going to give up some of my hit points for you, or I'm going to die partially to protect you kind of thing. Well, like, there's one where you can get, like, a 400-point attack tile if he gives up 1,300 hit points. Right. And so it's like, you know, uh, definitely sacrificing for others. So that that should be really, really interesting. Uh, What else do we have? Uh, Benedict Wong says his Doctor Strange character is different from the comics. Well, it's going on a different track from the comics. Which we've already talked about. They do. Yeah, and I and I saw this too, and I was I was wondering um, how we wanted to talk about this, but yeah, we were already. I I don't know enough about Doctor Strange to say one way or another, but yeah, I right. mean, it, it, just, it makes a lot of sense for comics. Yeah, it's just another article that points out that cinematic adaptations are different. Indeed. Uh, um, what else do we have here? Garcelle Beauvais and Tiffany Esperson have oh. uh, been signed on to Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm glad you said that because I would never have said that last name right. Uh, if you, <laughs> well, actually, if you look at, if you open it up and you look at Garcelle Beauvais, you know, you know her from things. Oh, I do? Yeah. Garcelle Beauvais. Oh. The one on the left. Yes, I do know her from things. She's awesome. I'm going to leave it at that. Yes. So, anyway, so they're uh, both signed on for, um, Spider-Man Homecoming. Cool, man. Which is already filming. So, uh, now we're on to some television, which I am first going to say I am so excited because I finally watched the Daredevil Season 2. Finally. I hate you. <laughs> you just finished it like three weeks ago. I know. So, it, I, I would like to... I don't know if we want to spend a lot of time talking about it, but maybe we maybe we do a, a side thing or something. But um, there's a couple things about it that I loved. Um, do we want to talk about that now? Yeah, it's cool. Okay, so one of the things I loved was the fact that um, one of my favorite characters from season one was Kingpin, 
Right. And and I love that character. Um, Homeboy is is absolutely brilliant. Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, he plays a man baby perfectly. Oh, yeah. Like it's like you know temper tantrum, get what I want. Um, brutally, uh, uh, you know, let his aggression out on somebody, and blood and death is in his wake. You know. And what I love about it is that the entire because he doesn't come in until halfway through the season. It's first, like episode eight or nine or something. Yeah, the first yeah. half of the season is all setting up on how the Punisher is so dominant against right. anybody he goes up against. And then in this one-on-one <laughs> fight, but then he Wilson meets, Fisk just puts him down. But leading up to that, you know, he meets in, – in spoilers, obviously. He meets uh, Kingpin in right. in in the uh, uh, workout yard, in the exercise yard at the prison. And, you know, he's, you know, Kingpin is bench pressing like 500 pounds. Right. And, and he, you know, he puts it down casually and looks over at Punisher and Punisher tries to. not out of breath. Well, and he tries to give him lip and, but it just doesn't work. And, and the Kingpin is just such an imposing character. And, and one of my favorite aspects from season one and the fact that they waited until later to bring him into season two and then have the Punisher be like, all right, after he gets his, basically gets his ass kicked by, Right. By the kingpin. Um, he's like, all right, fine. I'll do what you say. And it's like, the Punisher is amazing and he's brutal, but the kingpin is something on another level. And I love that. Uh, and, you know, we can get to the Electra stuff at some point, but I, I absolutely love those two characters and how they work against each other for a little bit. And then they have to kind of go along the same path. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Electra. I know you are. No, oh, I love Electra. Um, I did love how they introduced the hand and chased, so that's very cool. Um, there is one new article from this week, though, that, jo- that John Barenthal, who plays the Punisher, yep. says that the Frank Castle in Marvel's Daredevil is not the Punisher, though. So I haven't actually read this article. Do you want to open it up and see what it he, says? He says he's not the Punisher as um, as as it's going to be in the Punisher show. It, it's It's seeing gotcha. him at a different point. And so what he's saying is, because I did read this, he says, I think when you're talking about characters like these, the way the fight, the way they fight, what's motivate, uh, what's motivating the fight is very important. Beating someone, um, up to drag them into jail is different than someone who is exercising his rage on people. The Frank Castle you find in this story is not the Punisher. Um, he's reeling from the loss of his family. He's driven by rage and is on a singular mission to find these people who took his family from him and to do so. Sorry, and do it as brutally as possible, the, right? Because it wasn't until the final episode where he actually donned the the quintessential Punisher yeah, shirt. Exactly. So I think what he's saying is there's a disconnect. There's obviously a, a difference between the Punisher we see at the end of Daredevil season two, you're right, and the one we see in the beginning of the season. So right? we know that the Punisher is going to be getting its own series, and there is an official trailer which I actually haven't watched yet. Yeah, uh, let's watch that really quick. He says the fa- uh, one thing he says uh, the team that's been assembled they're uh, unbelievably ambitious. The fighting in this show, everybody's working together. I also believe the way in which he fights tells you volumes about the character. There's a story in which and very there's a story with each and every punch, and they allow us to do it. Uh, us to approach it like that. These guys are good enough to choreograph in that way, so that's pretty cool. All right, that's a little bit awesome. Um, but it's a little thing, bit terrifying is what it is. What I'm actually excited about is throughout the, uh, season two, we saw the, the disintegration of Nelson and Murdoch. Right. Um, but uh, the uh, their their legal assistant, um, Paige, um, uh, she actually goes on over to work for the newspaper. Right. Which I think ties into where she, she'll become more of a character like Night Nurse. Yeah. Where she can come in and out of multiple shows because she's going to have her foot and her hand in so many different stories. I hope that happens. I really like that actress, and so I think do I. she does that that character really well. Um, and 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 what I liked about the Punisher, um, the little trailer teaser thing we just saw, I hadn't seen it after. I saw that before. I saw Daredevil season two, and now that I've seen it, that one batch, two batch yep. thing is terrifying. Terrifying. So definitely check out season two of of Daredevil and let us know what you think. Um, two more things about Daredevil. Um, there's going to be a Blu-ray, Blu-ray release. Um, and that is coming on, if my thing opens up here, that is coming on, let me find the date. Uh, the pre-orders are listed with a release date of October 3rd, uh, 2016. So that's pretty cool. Cool. 
And then they also won the Best New Media Award at the Saturn Awards. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So if you don't know, Saturn is for uh, sci-fi. Yeah. So that's, that's just amazing. Uh, very cool. All right. So let's get to All DCU. Right. DCCU. Um, a couple things really quick about Deadshot. <laughs> uh, Will Smith reveals why he took the Deadshot role. And also the fact that Deadshot family details are going to be confirmed for Suicide Squad. So it means oh, that's you're, cool. you're going to see a little bit more of his backstory. Yeah. So um, one of the things he says is he says, um, uh, where is it? I couldn't find a model to understand what would make someone comfortable with killing another person for money, says Smith. David walked me through that. He found a book for me, The Anatomy of Motive by John Douglas, and I worked through getting into the mind of serial killers. Once I accepted the notion the author puts forth that it feels good, that really exploded my the idea in my mind of Deadshot. Interesting. I'm really kind of curious how he'll how I'm, I'm really interested to see on screen how he uses that concept to inform his role. And he says he basically says I've never I've never played a character that legitimately didn't give an F. Um, he told Entertainment Weekly, it's very freeing not to care, not to carry the moral spine of the movie. Well, that's so, the, the, that's the thing is all of his movies, he is the moral spine. Exactly. And with this, it's a whole bunch of characters that lack that, that moral. Right. Compass. And that, and that's the crux of the movie. And exactly. somehow it's going to carry the story, which I can't wait to see. Exactly. So, um, so, uh, this one I'm not too <laughs> sure about. So is Jared Leto's, Leto's Joker in Justice League? This obviously tells you that. He's going to survive Suicide Squad. Right. Or that Justice League is going to take place before Suicide Squad. I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I saw this too, and it says, okay, so if Jared, if Leto's Joker doesn't appear in Justice League, what could we expect? Uh, does appear in Justice League, what could we expect? Assuming he ends up in the same prison as Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor at the end of Suicide Squad, I would guess we'll see him in a cell during Lex's uh, prison break, which strongly hinted by director Zack Snyder. So that's right. just something for it the It just article. makes sense. Yeah, so we shall see. Uh, we shall see. You know, so is Luther in Arkham? Isn't he? No, well, Arkham is for insane people, but is... Mm. Uh, well, I mean... <laughs> I mean, whether he's is he insane not? or not, is, but <laughs> it, was he designated? You know, so I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and the way they depicted in uh, Batman v Superman how close the cities were, if Luther was going to get locked up, it makes a lot of sense he's in Arkham. Yeah. You know? All right. Uh, so Julian Lewis has been cast in a mystery role in, in Justice League. Forty-eight-year-old hmm. uh, Welsh actor Julian Lewis. Oh, he was in uh, Invictus, which is the oh, okay. uh, the movie about um, the South African uh, rugby squad that, yeah. that won the World Cup. He was also in the Tudors and Spooks. Cool, cool. All right, all right. So, uh, so just you know, filling out more cast with, from the Justice League. But what I like is that uh, Zack Snyder yeah. said the Justice League will take cues from Magnificent Seven. And I'm not familiar enough with the Magnificent Seven to well, comment Well, the Magnificent on this, Seven but... it's it's a classic western, right? Right. Um, that has Yul Brenner and a whole bunch of other people. Um, but the Magnificent Seven was based on the Seven Samurai. Okay. By uh, uh, Akira Kurosawa. So nice. Um, it's basically about this group of individuals coming together for a common good right so cool, i can totally see that yeah it's good. already been said that steppenwolf is going to be the the villain right. in this and so a lot of people have been hypothesizing who it's going to be playing steppenwolf right but it looks like a front runner is going to be charles dance who a lot of people know as Tyrion lannister oh my god dude and also we he's have a brilliant yeah he's amazing we also have a post in here too um helping people out with who is steppenwolf Steppenwolf right. from the comics, which yes. is good. Um, <clears throat> Cyborg, which we were introduced to in Batman v Superman, um, who was created, it looks like, from what you saw in the bit from from uh, Batman v Superman, he's created at Star Labs. Right. Um, but it looks like we're going to be seeing him as a civilian and not as necessarily as a cyborg okay. in Justice League. Okay. Yeah, it says, according to costume designer Michael Wilkinson, um, who explained to reporters during a recent visit to the set of Justice League that Cyborg has the ability to cloak his appearance so that he can function in the world. So, uh, I don't, I don't know if that means he's, are we going to get him as a civilian or are we going to get him as Cyborg cloaked as a civilian? Civilian. Oh, good question. No wonder. Um, we shall see. Just, uh, it's, uh, stuff that's going to be, um, yeah. I just, I just can't wait, dude. This is the best time to be a human. I know, right? Um, so Tomb Raider has a new release date. As we know, Alicia Vikander, and you're wondering why are we talking about this in the in DCCU? Why are we talking it about this? It was given the same release date that The Flash has right now. 
So does this mean the Flash is going to get moved up or back mm. or whatnot? It's a good question. So since the Flash has changed directors, yeah, um, we'll see how it goes. All right. The new director of the Flash though has said that he's close to picking who the female lead of Iris West is going to be. Okay. And I'm drawing a blank on her name, but it looks like it's going to be somebody that he had in his uh, film Dope, which was very critically uh, uh, acclaimed. Uh, Kinsey Clemens. Kiersey. Kiersey. Yeah, Kiersey Clemens. Kiersey Clemens. Huh. Um, so cool. I mean, she yeah. actually looks like she could be Iris West. So no, for sure. For me. Yeah. Um, Nicholas Winding Refn uh, wants to make a Batgirl movie. Hmm. I honestly don't know who this is. But I'm either. all about a Batgirl movie because she is so integral. I Why do we not make a Batgirl movie? Well, at she's this point? she's Oracle. Yeah. All uh, right, but, but she's, it's 2016. Right. We've had all these movies. Exactly. But she's also integral in the Killing Joke story. Exactly. So it would be phenomenal. Whether it's an animated uh, spinoff of um, of uh, the Killing Joke, yeah. or or if it's a standalone uh, live action movie in the DCCU, I don't care. Yeah, either way, it'd be fine. Um, but this guy it looks like he directed Drive, which was the uh, Ryan Gosling movie that got a whole bunch of critical acclaim. Cool man, um, um, Powerless, which is the DC movie or the DC television show with uh, Vanessa Hudgens, I believe, that's coming out this fall. Uh, there's going to be a debut at Comic Con next week. Yep, um, and it's for power, not people that don't have powers that are in the DC universe. Right, Jack O' Lantern is going to be uh, in the pilot. Cool. We also have, which I had to throw in here for fun. Uh, <laughs> there's going to be full Suicide Squad fashion collection. And, and that is debuting in Hot Topic. Shocker that and, it's a Hot Topic. And I think it's already a thing, actually. I think it already came out, which is amazing. It's going to be great for Halloween. Let's see. The products range from $10, Harley Quinn's Puddin' Choker, to $89, the Coker's Trench Coat. Most will be available in Hot Topic stores, while some uh, of the products are online exclusives. Um, I just thought this was amazing. Uh, we will see a lot of... Suicide Squad dr- dress up, I think, for Halloween. Oh, I, I, I'm. Should we do an over under on how many Harlequins we're going to see oh at Comic Con? I'm okay with that. Oh yeah, I ain't mad at him. I ain't mad at him. <laughs> um, and the cool thing is, is also Nike's going to be releasing some Suicide Squad Converse. Yeah. What if we got to this point in the show and we realized we weren't recording? I would have hated you. <laughs> I would have walked out. <laughs> but we are. So here we are. Uh, um, so right. yeah, I'm in for Suicide Squad Converse for sure. All right. So two new Fox things. Uh, Simon Kinberg, who's basically uh, the uh, in charge of the the X verse and uh, everything with Fox, uh, he has confirmed that new Gambit uh, shooting start date. So this is great because Gambit kind of got pulled off of the the shooting schedule um, because they need to rework the script, and now uh, it looks like it's going to be coming back. Yeah, we were going back and forth with this for months. Um, um, oh look, recently writer and producer Simon Kinberg uh, uh, alleviated. Those fears and some comments he made to that hashtag show. Which, if you remember from our, from a previous show, we're going to be doing a sh- offsite event yep. at Mission Brewing Company at Comic-Con. And uh, we're going to be doing it before the hashtag show. And I'm not going to say we're opening for that hashtag show, because that's ridiculous. But we are going to be in the same room before <laughs> that hashtag show starts their thing. Exactly. Um, but anyway, so... Um, yeah, man, I think that's interesting. He says, uh, yeah, we're figuring out that now. The first thing up, uh, we're shooting the Wolverine movie, um, and then we're going to shoot Deadpool 2. And then I sit down with the writer next, uh, next one of that, uh, mainline X-Men movies real soon too. So, um, he was asked about Gambit. He says, we have a great script on that and hope to shoot that movie at the beginning of spring next year. Nice. So cool. Um, and again, Channing Tatum is signed on to be oh, Gambit. It's going to be amazing. It will be good. Um, also, uh, Simon Pemberg, Kimberg also shares uh, light on uh, new mutants updates. Yeah, so um, so he does talk about the fact that um, he says um, I can tell you the ros- what the roster is, but I can tell you uh, who the director is, which is Josh Boone, um, who directed The Fault in Our Stars, right? Which we talked about a couple yep. weeks ago, and we have a really good script, and I'm hoping to shoot that sometime real soon. Very cool. Yeah, the new mutants are like they were the second wave of X Men. They yeah. were well, not really the second wave, but they were a New group of X-Men that I think premiered in the 80s, um, and they're they're very influential. Indeed. Um, Let's go to Disney, dude. Disney. Get out of here. We're going long. I hate you. I'm just kidding. Go. Let's go. Disney. Uh, you, you start. <laughs> okay. So um, here's this thing about, and I love highlighting stories like this. So there was a little girl who needed a prosthetic hand, and um, 
She received a frozen themed prosthetic hand. That is awesome. Um, and so I'll just kind of read the article the way it's written. It says, um, it, it's the little things, uh, that oftentimes get overlooked, but getting to hold her favorite Olaf toy for the first time is far from a little thing for a nine year old, uh, Carissa Mitchell. For Mitchell, it meant the world. That, that's because she was born without her right hand and a great deal of her wrist. But through the undertakings of Sienna and Abel, she is finally able to grasp with things with new prosthetic hand. What's even better is that the hand is modeled after Mitchell's favorite film, Frozen. Um, there's a video and stuff. I don't want to, I'll keep going. I'll cry, but, um, it's, it's a great fit that says, uh, she's, you know, whatever it is. I just, uh, you know, this reminds me of a few weeks ago. I saw something on Facebook that, um, there's this, uh, doll manufacturing company that you could send them off, um, things that you wanted to have on a certain doll yeah. and they would manufacture it for you and have backstory and everything. And this girl that had, uh, that was missing part of her leg and she had a prosthetic leg. Um, her parents sent off for this doll and she got it and she opened it up and she was in tears when she opened it. She said, it's just like me. Oh. And I'm like, Oh, I was so, I was balling on my computer. Oh my God. It's a very sentimental episode of I know, the right? <laughs> wow, all the feels. Yeah, we're feeling it, guys. <laughs> all right, so let's, uh, let's move on. <laughs> the Jungle Book is going to be coming to digital HD earlier than expected. I believe it said uh, August twenty third, yeah, something like that. Um, I'm I'm excited about this. I actually missed this in the theater. I did. I just did not have time to get out and see it. Yeah, and so I, I'm I'm excited about seeing that. Um, Wrecked Ralph two director reveals story details. Um, and there's some Nas to Tron in there. Which and totally makes sense. It does make sense. And I really enjoyed Wreck-It Ralph. I still haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? No. I mean, I have it, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, watch it, dude. It's amazing. Um, it, it's actually, it's, it's, the reason I liked it so much, it was a video game nostalgia trip. Um, because, you know, people of our age, <laughs> uh, we grew up with, uh, we saw video games go from nothing to, to something. Right. And this is kind of the early. And we're talking stand up arcade games. We're talking like random. Exactly. This is like Mario almost Rangers. something stage of video games right. and highlighting what was awesome about those. And that, that movie is, is, it's the story, uh, is the story is great. Um, but the nods to what it was to be a gamer at that time is really a big deal. And I, and I really enjoyed that film. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Um, but on the other hand, Pixar said that Ratatouille, Wally, and Inside Out will not be getting sequels anytime soon, which I, I am okay with. I get Wally and Ratatouille. Um, it's been a while now, and granted, we're at the age now where it's like it's been twenty years. Let's do a sequel. Um, but uh, I, I, I really felt like Inside Out was was made sense to get a sequel sooner rather than later, considering its success, um, and the fact that it did bridge. You know, it kind of. It kind of alluded to the fact that it would, it made sense to have a sequel. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing is, is that the concept is universal. So you, yeah. you could, you could like do it again with a boy or exactly. you could do it with her as a teenager or, you know what I mean? Or her kids or whatever exactly. it was. And, um, um, I, I really enjoyed that film. So I'm, I'm, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I think eventually they will do Inside Out. Wally, I'm okay with not doing Ratatouille, same. Um, Wally, I think, worked the yeah, way no, it was. Yeah, they were both really good, but yeah. they think they're standalone. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Beauty and the Beast is having its 25th anniversary. <laughs> That's uh, so hard to believe, dude. Right. Am I that old? <laughs> and the edition is officially announced, so that means That's they're going to be doing a, a re-release on it. Yeah. Um, Funko is also revealed Disney Villains Mystery Mini. So, um, you know, like Disney does Vinylmation and everything. Funko yep. is really big right now, but you basically you buy from this pack. You just don't know which one you're going to get. And you get the little pack. Yeah, and if and, you yeah. open up, some of them are really cool looking. No, it, it makes sense. We get some of those at uh, at the uh, yeah. They're the same as like when you get at the uh, local comic shop. You know, there's like little packages, yeah. and you can get whatever and trade them or whatever. But yeah, these are cool, man. All right, cool. And the so, last bit of news: we have one thing from Smogco, but this is so important. I'll let you go for it because you're you're the Smogco person. I'm mad at you. So geeking out is gonna be. Is gonna Why are you mad at me? I don't know. It's gonna uh, uh, gonna premiere at SDCC. Yeah, geeking out is the new Kevin Smith show, and he's gonna be doing a Greg Groomberg. And honestly, um, no, I'm excited about this. So it's gonna it's gonna be on Sunday, July 24th at 10 p.m. Um, oh, we're gonna be gone. Oh, we're gonna be gone. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do with this. 
how is it at 10 p.m. on Sunday? Like, that doesn't make sense. Comic-Con has been over by then. Yeah, well, Thursday is Fat Man on Batman. Friday is Saint yeah. Giant Town Bob Get Old. And Saturday is HBO. He's got to put it on one Sunday. But are they doing it? In this special episode, Smith makes uh, a pre-Comic-Con pit stop in Las Vegas to visit his friend Matt Damon um, to discuss the eagerly awaited new installment of Born Franchise, blah, blah, blah. Geeking out uh, on AMC and the Weinstein Company co-production is produced by Matt. Okay, so I don't I don't understand what this is actually. Are they going to be? How can they premiere a Comic Con if it's 10 p.m. on Sunday? Oh no, it's going to be airing. Oh, I see. That Sunday night. Got it. Airing Sunday. But they're going to be doing a premiere at Comic Con. Okay. All right. Well, that makes more sense. So sometime during the week, and there's going to be a, a on scroll down. It doesn't say when. Well, so sometime, I'm sure we'll get it in the panels. So yeah. there's going to be a premiere of it somewhere. And then on Sunday night, it's going to air on AMC. Maybe it's during the AMC panel. Maybe there's an, um, maybe, maybe they're going to do that. Cool, man. All well, right. There we are. Exciting news. Another thing to look forward to from Smogco. Exactly. Uh, so we, we're, we're good. Let's we're good. That's a really good, uh, we had a nice little reflective, yeah. all about the feels episode. It's feel. I felt it. I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've completed our journey and found our way back home, we want to thank our loyal listeners and be sure to join us in our next exploration as we probe the depths of everything we saw at Comic Con. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, this, it's definitely going to be post Comic Con when we do another universe. Uh, we're going to see everything under the sun. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Hopefully about that. we'll be able to see all the Berlaniverse uh, yeah. uh, panels. And so we'll definitely give you some insight from that. For sure. So should I do the other stuff real quick? Yep. Um, so definitely find us on the usual podcast.com, email us at the usual podcast at gmail.com and find us on Google Plus. Wait, Facebook, Google Plus, Pinterest and Instagram and Swotor Network. I'm at Dark Boss on Twitter. Will is at I'm Will Griggs. Um, support the show via Patreon, patreon.com slash usual podcast. And you can support us. Give us a buck or two an episode. If you give us a buck an episode, you will get access to our blooper reels, which you would not have heard this episode. Um, and access to our shows a little bit early. And as well as Swotor fun stuff as well. And of course, audibletrial.com slash usual podcast. You can support us there. Get a free book on us. And we get 15 bones. Awesome. Uh, make sure you have a fun. And oh, look, you weren't recording. Oh, you son of a goat. <laughs> <laughs>